I lost everything that I had, but I made a comeback uh, and I made a successful comeback. Although it took everything out of me, but that experience has given me so much strength. I, I tell everyone that uh, if you ask me what was the most, uh, the proudest moment, uh, yes, going to the Olympics was, but that the comeback that I made, uh, you know, everybody wrote me off uh, and, and I was still back. I think that's what uh, I'm so proud of and uh, it will always uh, be there, uh, <laughs> you know, close to my heart. You know, when it comes to playing a game, you might be giving your best possible shot, but still your highest performance is not meant much because your opponent might be having a better day, a better performance day. Now, this is not only about sports, but it's applicable to any leadership situation where you might be feeling that you are giving your best, but the challenge of the opponent is even stronger for you to really find a solution. Hi there, welcome to Absolutely Right, India's first graphology, which also means handwriting analysis-based leadership show. I'm your host, Aditi Sarana. I'm a behavioral analyst, a high-performance coach, and founder of India's only mental gym for high performers called APT. The website is aptmentalgym.com. Our guest on the show today is Neha Garwal Sharma, who was the only Olympian woman to represent India in the game of table tennis. That time, when she was, I think, around 18, she became India's number one player in this game and number 18 in the world. Before she retired, she had won 40-plus international medals. On this show, I ask every guest to write a handwriting sample and looking at the handwriting strokes, I depict and describe their personality and interestingly find some secrets of their high performance, their success mantras through these strokes on the paper. It is a poetic, beautiful, empathetic journey. If you have never heard about this, then please make sure that you have your handwriting sample ready because every time I analyze our guests, I talk about certain traits of writing that you can find in your own handwriting. If you've been a regular listener and if this conversation is interesting for you and if you would like to learn graphology and explore it for your family, for yourself, for your employees, then do check out my website aditisurana.com. Now, without further ado, let me invite Neha and get this conversation going. Neha's journey is vulnerable, powerful, but my favorite part was where she really shows willingness to learn and take her journey ahead, which I feel most of the time people forget about when they feel they have arrived, they achieved, they did something great. So if you want to grow to the next level and build that mindset to continue growing, then do listen to this episode. There are some beautiful takeaways that you would genuinely enjoy. Hi Neha, welcome to Absolutely Right. Hi Aditi, thank you so much. Really excited to be here. I am so curious and I have so many questions about your journey, about your career. But before I even begin there, like, do you play sports now? What is your physical regime like? Yeah, so after uh, retirement, uh, being fit is uh, something that I've focused on. Mm-hmm. I don't play table tennis as much, but me, along with my husband, we play some badminton or tennis, but I do focus on my fitness with going to the gym, doing yoga and things like that. Okay. For me as a coach, using my mind to solve problem has been the tool that I've been using pretty much forever, all my life. Similarly for you, you've been using your body uh, and your mind to create the performance. So this is the same zeal that you use in your everyday life now? I think it's very different, uh, you know, as athletes, uh, you know, your body is your temple. Mind uh, actually executes all that the body is prepared, uh, you know, for. Uh, and once you're retired, uh, I think you move in a different uh, sort of a zone altogether. Uh, your body is not the same anymore, so you have to rewire uh, to to firstly accept uh, mm-hmm. those things. Uh, you have to rewire your entire uh, structure in terms of your, if I would say, identity to fit into the new you. And the old world, which you had never known how it is truly. Yeah, uh, you know, move on from that. That's uh, one big thing. And uh, really just take the lessons from uh, what you had uh, during your playing career and apply it into the next phase of your life. 
uh, so there is this whole sort of rewiring that happens and it's not overnight it takes uh, months and years i'm still going through it uh, and it's 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 fascinating to learn every other athlete's journey post retirement is is unique and uh, very different but i'm sure all of them go through these uh, sort of changes but the kind of high performer that you were at 18 you are already the youngest player at, at the olympics right in 2008 yeah and um, i think that streak uh, you know of being competitive uh, is still very much there and uh, you know first it was there only on the table but now that you know you're doing so many other things i i i see that thing in myself to be competitive to to also always ensure what you do you do your best right um, you know i think uh, that is something which will be hopefully i can take on <laughs> all my life <laughs> easy said than done difficult to sustain uh, but yeah i think uh, uh, sport teaches you that right you're i i also like to describe is it as art right uh, you would relate to it you have to go to the narrowest of the margins perfect that technique uh, you know till till the nth detail right. and then execute it in in front of the entire world uh, so it 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 requires some sort of uh, discipline and a lot of art in in my uh, opinion in that as well we had uh, a sports psychologist mugdha bavre as our guest few weeks back and mugdha said something powerful and it stayed with me i have repeated it at least 15 times since then she said if you make every practice session like a competition your competition becomes like a practice session and i thought that is applicable to everybody and i, I have never played a game and i i slightly regretted after meeting all of you phenomenal people because the kind of insight and kind of focus that you can generate on a cue just when you decide to bring on your game game mode i think it's phenomenal every person must learn how to use their mind and body at that level yeah and and, and at that time you know uh, everything has to fall together in the most perfect way that you would have imagined right so i played uh, table tennis uh, it's it's a best of 7 game up uh, you know each game up uh, set up to 11 points and you know you have to win four out of the seven uh so i still do have chances and uh, you know more points to look for imagine runners yes. right imagine 100 meter sprinters right it's like those 9 10 seconds of their life is what they train for and that's about it 10 years together oh my god true yeah it it gives me goosebumps actually as i talk about it so uh, every sport is different uh, but um, i think just the in in terms of execution for all athletes it it has to everything has to come together and you can fail of course right and on on that very day if your best is not uh, better you know people. better than your opponent your opponent could be just better than than you and and woof it it goes off uh, in in seconds and in minutes so uh, that way it's it's fascinating sport is also very hard um you know you put all your life together to achieve that one goal uh single minded focus this this analogy is so powerful for those 9 seconds or at times 0.09 seconds is all that counts of four 10 years of your efforts oh my god so there i have your handwriting sample in front of you and one thing that stood out is you have sent me a photograph and even if i'm looking at a photograph i can see the amount of pressure that you apply when you write on any paper and this is an right. important aspect of writing because it talks about multiple things but as i describe it i will describe you in at least four areas of your life for example intensity of emotions and emotional involvement if you are friends with somebody you give your heart and soul to that relationship either you are there or you are not there but when you are there you do not make friends easily you take time you evaluate that relationship for a very long time but once you call someone your friend or when you say that you love somebody you live by that word you live by that promise for years together so even if people have parted ways or you know they have moved to different countries or you are not their friend anymore in your memory the love that you experience for those people is exactly the way it used to be you have that intensity every time you open that that little box it is that intensity back again 
it also talks about the heavy pressure that you have talks about the amount of physical strength you have and i did not even talk about it because being an athlete you have trained yourself for it but that energy exists so at times your problem would be i haven't spent all my energy today that could be a problem you feel that oh the challenges were there but they were not as exhausting as i would have liked them to be hmm very interesting yeah yeah the aspect of the same pressure point that i'm talking about the heavy pressure so how do we know for our listeners if you have to look at your handwriting for pressure just turn the page around and see when you move your fingers can you feel the writing strokes there nehai singh yeah i can see it <laughs> i can see it here so that is heavy pressure in writing the third aspect of heavy pressure is your memory is very very sharp so you remember things even if you don't wish to you remember things even if you do not like those experiences you can relive those memories over and over again now all of that is only through heavy heavy pressure of writing yeah i mean uh, the the last part is uh, is true i don't know if it's a good thing or not so good thing <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah yeah i mean at least in terms of friendships uh, you know i've i've just a couple of uh, very close friends and uh, i i don't have a big circle of a lot of friends although i would be good uh, you know acquaintance but uh, yeah i i have these two uh, three good friends and whom i call my soulmates <laughs> you you're right on that for sure on a show if you find something right you say absolutely right because that's the name of the show there you go <laughs> <laughs> so in our short conversation we had before our recording you were mentioning how for your entire life your coaches your parents everybody paid attention to you in a way that you were the star and you were to to move to the next level and then when you decided to go back to school can you can you, can you narrate that story in your own words yeah yeah no uh, so my my point was that you know when you're an athlete um, the you you have a team right you have your parents you have your coaches your support team uh, and whoever uh, is part of your journey and you all everyone together comes with one goal is how can we help uh, neha do better and uh, that's that's very powerful right because everyone is working on one goal everyone is working towards a mission and it's a very single minded focus um and and you know that's that's what a team setting is uh, right and for elite athletes it's very very important for athletes to actually just focus on uh, you know just practicing right the athlete should not be thinking about oh what food should i eat oh how do i uh, book my ticket to go for this tournament to that tournament oh has my physiotherapist come on time today oh what is the fitness i need to do today right all this is actually managed by your team all you have to do is execute right however when uh, you know life after retirement doesn't look like that mm-hmm. uh, you have to figure out every little thing all by yourself because then everyone's goal is not to make you uh, succeed right uh, you're in your daily work life you're your own boss you are doing things um uh, for yourself uh, your your parents are not uh, you know uh, with you constantly your partner is with you but they have their own life as well um you know you're part of an organization but you're an individual within the organization so life changes totally in terms of you have to deal with yourself mm. all by yourself right mm. and and uh, i'm i'm not sure if i'm able to convey the intensity of it uh, for me that was really hard because until now you were used to being managed and uh, being the center of, of attraction not attention but uh, the center of focus for everyone oh, around yeah. you and now you are actually at the backstage you're delivering uh, you know for somebody and for some so it's support team yeah it's it's a big change it's mentally you know uh, you're you're wanting somebody to um behave in a certain way and and when that person and especially your people around you don't behave in a certain way then uh, and then you have to rewire yourself around it so um i think uh, those are little things which nobody prepares you for post retirement uh you you don't even know things like that happen uh, so that's just a gradual shift in 
you know how you uh, it's an, it's like motherhood right mm-hmm. uh, when you become a mother all you have to do is then uh, you know you become the provider right right and and that's something people say that only it it comes only with experience right uh, so for for me uh, you know that's the sort of for shift when uh, you know pre and post retirement and you went back to school after that how was that for you oh uh, while i want to say that was the best <laughs> your that that best one year of my life you know i was i went to columbia university uh, you know studying in an ivy league uh, institute itself was a big deal for me uh, but i have to say it was one of the most challenging years of my life i mean imagine you're sitting in a classroom uh, of various other professionals who worked and worked uh, you know in 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 great uh, companies like the nba the nfl uh, the united states olympic committee um, you know the international olympic committee and you know these top institutes and uh, you're sharing the classroom with them and uh, my my biggest challenge came <laughs> you know in the first uh, 20 days of my course where i was told to make a powerpoint presentation and realized oh my god i don't know how to do that Um, <laughs> you know and and i'm doing that in my masters degree at columbia university and i'm learning how to make a powerpoint presentation i'm like oh my god oh right my as athletes again all we do is stay in a bubble focus on just one thing and we don't know how the world runs no not at all so you have to really go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. you have to learn the basics uh, of every little thing Uh, right even though i did uh, masters in sports management mm-hmm. um you know sport is the center but being within sport being an athlete is different and you know being an administrator is totally different as athletes all you have to go do is go compete and come back right we have no idea how things outside of that run so you have to understand all of that learn all of that and you know you're in a different country uh, you know living all by yourself and um you know paying for your own things and uh, you know figuring every day out um so yeah i mean while it was the best decision i would have made for myself uh, the best year of my life but uh, certainly one of the most challenging ones oh my god so neha the whole idea of like rediscovering yourself finding your new identity if i have to compare that with a with an executive journey or a leader's journey they're almost like thrown into this new organization with a different culture altogether and your old strengths are not applicable anymore which feels like oh my god what do i do with my strengths something that i identified with i was celebrated by the entire world for and now those superpowers are nowhere to be seen nobody is like using them now i do not mm-hmm. have other superpowers and i have to build and rebuild in that journey one of the things that i'm looking at your writing and and you know observing is you are a go getter i'm saying that because of three things one is when you write your lower case letter t you place the horizontal line at 50% and these people are extremely result oriented they take a task and they give their 100% to the task and they you know surprise the world with the kind of results that they can bring in that's one second point is when you write your letter lower case letter n or even uh, u h there are these angular points there so when you get to that task you are a no nonsense person and people wonder how do you become like so black and white about it but that is many many years of training of constantly functioning from that black and white from seeing what i need to do instead of what i would like to do or what do i require to deliver instead of thinking about you know should i take a break and just take just enjoy myself so that whole commitment to do what is needed to be done and that black and white thinking is what you have cultivated that analytical way of going about and the third one which i already spoke about the pressure so when you have that much pressure to execute things is not only dreaming about it is getting to the execution and implementing things now that's what made you uh, amazing with what you did that's what made you stick around with techniques and ideas that other people disagreed with that also made you slightly stubborn to change to things and thereby now that you are in a different world altogether every day you look at okay what do i need to drop and what do i need to hold and nobody is giving you the guideline so that according to me is like the strength and the challenging area here 
yeah um so when i was playing uh, you know i i used a different technique uh, which was very different than uh, what the other girls were using what is and uh, so uh, basically it's uh, the long pimples it's the surface of the racket so my mm -hmm. backhand side was um, you know long pimples uh, that means it was uh, basically the rubber gives the opposite effect of what you give it back uh, uh, you know what what you what you give to the opponent my mm -hmm. i would give you back the opposite effect that means if you are attacking Mm. i would actually give you back a defensive return if you mm. are giving a hard top, top spin i would actually give you back a slower back spin return so mm. it's anti it's called anti rubber it's it's the opposite okay. and uh, with and that uh, this technique very rarely okay. very rare so when i won the national championship for the first time um, you know i was uh, what 12 Mm -hmm. at that time uh, the chief national coach of uh, the indian team uh, told me that uh, neha you've uh, you know you've made it big in the juniors uh, but with this technique you'll never be able to make it big in the seniors and uh, you know as them why it's like he he said that this will not work mm -hmm. uh, you know and and at 18 i you know was uh, one of the youngest olympians and uh, qualified uh, you know for india uh beating uh, the other favored uh, other indians and uh, you know being in number one so it's uh, sometimes you know you you have to thank people to uh, who who say that you cannot uh, do certain things and uh, it's been a very 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 hard journey uh, for me with that technique because um, you know for me there was there wasn't any role model uh, there weren't any youtube videos that i could watch there wasn't a set path laid right ki this is how it is to be done i had no idea me and my coach were learning developing uh, failing relearning you know there was a lot of r and d that was going on every day because we were actually understanding how to use this so there were a lot of challenges on an everyday level i used to think like what am i doing am i even doing this right or wrong but you know for for me it was like okay no if i've set my um um you know heart and soul onto it i will go ahead and do it so i think with my coach it was an excellent team effort um mm -hmm. you know to learn all of that and uh, just so happy to say that currently india's top uh, table tennis player manika batra is uh, you know she's my junior six years junior mm -hmm. from uh, my academy and my coach and we actually until my career we we understood how to actually play with that rubber and thus with her he was able to teach her the right things and today's uh, you know she's entered top 30 in the world and you know she's india's top uh, table tennis player so it it it, uh, it it makes me just so happy that um, you know we we did good work at that time and it has benefited the next generation um so so yeah i mean my parents also do say that um, you know i'm a go getter if i want it i'll get it um even uh, in school um, you know i want to share that i was a decent student um i was uh, um, you know i went to dps arkepuram in delhi i got 88% in my class 12 uh, in my college i went to st stevens in the first year uh, when uh, the, the year i went to the olympics i stood third in my college Whoa. so okay. <laughs> um, you know so uh, for me it was if i'm setting uh, you know some task some goal i i just want to do it you know uh, it's not that i want to prove somebody wrong or prove a point but to me it's like agar you know karna hai to karna hi hai you know no no uh, 99% no 100% you have to get the job done and, uh, you know only then you know take chain ki saas that uh, okay it's done uh, you know you don't uh, sleep well until you finish it so neha just to ask you and i i love this whole idea of 100% of giving and i, I vouch by it i feel if i i don't give 100% for other people but just for that chain ki neend because if i don't do it i keep thinking that i could have done this i could have done that so as an athlete when you do it day after day week after week do you hit a point where you feel is it even meaningful in any way i think as athletes uh, uh at least in my career i didn't experience that because uh, the beauty of being an athlete is that uh, you know there's always 
the uh, you know you always get a next uh, a second chance right if you're playing for a certain tournament there's going to be another tournament you know and then there's going to be another so you have you get chances to prove yourself and uh, trust me aditi the feeling of uh, seeing when you win a medal for india and that feeling when the you know the tiranga goes up and you hear the janagana mana play and especially on foreign soil and you know that it's been played because of your achievement Uh, nothing nothing better than that loves as you describe it oh my god yeah so so i think that all that hard work right as athletes you live such a focused and uh, you know such a solitary life as well you're you're not out there uh, chilling and you know watching tv and going to birthday parties you know you miss all the social functions your relatives refuse to know you <laughs> what not all that is worth it uh, you know when 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 you win that medal and uh, you know you make your country proud so that um, that 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 everyday grind uh, day in day out i think it's totally totally worth it welcome to graphology stroke of the week in this segment i talk about one stroke of handwriting that can reveal a lot of information about you about your spouse about anybody that you work with and also about your kids now if you are curious about it if you want to learn the graphology masterclass then do check out my website it is aditisurana.com where i talk about the masterclasses that we have where i teach around 20 different factors of graphology so let's look at today's stroke do you have that little extended antenna on your head not physically but in your handwriting in the letter p lower case letter p p for paris so if you actually have that antenna coming out of your letter p on the top of its head then you do show argumentative tendencies now when it comes to arguing it is not about winning or losing or making a point or finding a solution it's mostly about whether you are right or i am right whether my solution is most efficient or yours when people keep going back and forth when it comes to their argumentative behavior they only create chaos so if you have an argumentative boss then do not try to win the argument if your spouse is finding faults then accept this as part of the game and do not sit there and try to convince them otherwise especially when they are activated and triggered in arguing with you so let some time pass and when they are calmer bring in your perspective you do not speak when they are trying to argue you also do not conclude when they try to argue one of the most common things that people have described that when they are angry because they are arguing about something they do not pay attention to smaller things they do not grow in the situation they do not feel as if they are in control of the situation so it's not only about what you say to other people but it also brings in that stubbornness of opinion within yourself If that all is happening then do stay tuned we come up with different graphology strokes every single week and talk about what can you do to implement that beautiful study of graphology So Neha over to you what questions do you have for me So uh my first question uh to you is on uh, actually intuition mm-hmm. uh you know when I was playing i think uh, intuition was a, a very big strength for me because you you train yourself uh, so much day in day out you actually know that okay if i'm going to play the stroke what am i going to get back and you know i know what am i then going to execute on it right and and you rely on on that intuition you know how to trust yourself and just do it but post my retirement i think uh, for me just uh believing and keeping faith in my intuitive that you know that that voice that tells you okay do this but you don't end up doing that or you don't believe in it that's been a big challenge so any tips on um, you know how do i overcome that so uh, being a dyslexic i started analyzing people when i was 14 and i had never heard of graphology i had no clue so there was something about the strokes that spoke with me much before i could even learn or read about graphology as a subject however as more i studied and more i observed the correlation became more available to me so is there people ask me this often everything that you speak is it only graphology the answer is no it cannot be because as a pursuit i observe people every day and and that's my thing like i observe those minute behaviors and i correlate them with graphology so 
when I'm talking about a person or their behavior, all of them come together. The observations, the minute patterns that I have observed all these years, and then the handwriting strokes. So that's the game. And then the intuition has a space to grow and take that, that statement that I make to the next level. Having said that, so many times midway through a sentence, I do not know what sentence I'm going to say because the process after a point is where the flow takes over, where you know that you start trusting the, the words that are coming out of you because you've done it several times and you've done it over and over again. So is it a gift? Yes, it is because at 14, I didn't know how to apply this. But after that, last 20 years have been the, the sadhana or the work of creating data points and being available to this process over and over again. To compare this with you and your journey, at some point, your ability to play, the extraordinary ability to play came to you. And then you were there with all your diligence, with all that training, with all the research and observation and the game that you played where it took beyond, that the whole game went beyond you. You're not necessarily planning it. You were like showing up and all the training was flowing through you. So you became the conduit for that intuition and the training to take over. Now here, intuition is not only and only about what comes to you. It's about how ready your data points are, how ready your environment is, how involved are you in using that intuition into the ability of things that you're doing. For example, there are so many mothers I know who can just look at the food cooking and tell you it's my namak kam hai, just add a little bit more, like, you know, cook it a little bit. They don't even come close. From that distance, they know it because they have, that is their sadhana. They have spent 20, 30, 50 years of their life observing and thereby having that data point. They have that level of involvement and now you have intuition as your developed ability. In your new post-retirement avatar, you haven't own something where you can bring your observation to that minute detail. You know, I used to, as a high performance coach, I loved working with high performers and leaders. If they threw bigger problems, I loved it. And even now, like the show I love, because this is my weekly time to connect with one mastermind, which you may or may not meet on your regular work week. But here I know, I, I because we know who is we are inviting and you know, what kind of people yeah. are coming to the show, I learn and I grow. But at one point, my teacher told me that your job as a coach is not to, to choose who you're working with. Your job is to be the intensity that you can become as a coach, no matter what sh who shows up in front of you. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. So it's not about the activities that I'm doing that would bring in flow. He said, no, it is who you become when you choose the activity. And then I started experimenting. So when I do my line art, it's equal amount of intensity the way it is when I'm coaching. When I cook, it's the same amount of intensity the way I'm coaching because interaction with the material instead of people. When I, during the lockdown, I was cleaning the ceiling fans and it was an equal amount of intensity. And that translation of who you become, that intensely involved person, using all your senses for intuition and understanding beyond the activity became transcendental. So, right. But tell me something, uh, obviously that comes from years and years of practice, right? So as athletes, uh, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, um, the older you are, the better you get. Right. Um, of course, it has to be supported well with by your body. Um, right. But if you are, older you're just making better decisions because you've been in those situations so many times but as young professionals right who are beginning their say work journey you know I'm, I'm 32 right now it's been what four four and a half five years uh, since I've been you know uh, in, in in a professional working in our environment um, so what what advice would you have to you know people in this sort of segment on believing in your intuition because I believe it takes years to you know, build those cues, build that environment that you said. Neha, you have built the, the skill set. You have used it in one environment. You know how to harness it. You know how calming it is when you're operating from intuition versus confusion. When you're operating from knowing versus fear. You know that. Which most people achieve when they are in their 40s. 
Mm. Right? They don't okay. have so many iterations to know which was intuition and which was confusion. In your case, because games or art generally has that discernment, you can either see it or you don't see it. So you have seen it over and over and over again. So the ultimate result of it, you already have in your hand. So though it is well not to the current scenario, you can create scenarios because what you have is very rare. People do not have the discernment. They take years of experience to build the discernment. And now you're going to walk into anything that you walk into with that discernment. And it's going to be simpler. I feel what you're trying to experience is equal amount of intensity that you might not find in your post-retirement work. <laughs> that, that adrenaline and that, that you know, in-moment action that you won't find. But will you find your intuition? Of course you will. You won't find the intensity. And I was talking to Aparna Popat and she also shared this on the show, uh, who is again double Olympian, an amazing you know, record breaker. So she said, you know, that intensity that you feel on the field and I, I keep looking for it and I don't find it anywhere. And that if, if there's something frustrating of, about not being an athlete, is that yep. it's not yep. about celebration. It's not about recognition. It's not about winning, losing, nothing. It's just that intensity that you experience in each game. Yeah. Yeah. My husband puts it uh, in, uh, in his words. He says that high, you know, that, that high, that uh, winning or just playing that just executing that uh, that right shot the right way you had always imagined it, it's something else so uh, but 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 yeah but I, I get uh, what you're saying in terms of you know having those skill sets to believe your intuition it's just that you have it you have to apply it uh, you know in, in, in this uh, everyday life is not providing that then finding that one area and do not stop it until you find that similar area because it mm. might not happen in seven things. It may happen on that eighth idea that you explore. But if you give up before that, then it will be more difficult for you to go about your everyday, which I also mentioned with that everyday confusion. It is getting to you, especially last, I think, three and a half, four years. It is getting to you. The fact that you're not operating from that ultra focus is getting to you so instead of letting that that area just to be overpowering find a way in which you can channelize how do you bring in that intensity it might be a, another game or might not it could be anything else but most high performers are multi-passionate performers in multiple areas if they are great leaders they're also golfers they are great musicians and they also write now that okay. is the ability to channelize and if you don't use multiple sources then you feel restricted. Absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you. Next question. Um, actually, the, the next question, um, you know, I'm just intrigued that um, we, we spoke about identity, uh, right? And uh, it's about, uh, you know, you're, you're this one person until you're, you're playing, you're, you're this athlete, um, you know, you have this aura around you. Um, an Olympian is, uh, you know, an Olympian for life, but now suddenly you're an ex-athlete, you're, you're an ex-Olympian and, you know, um, free recording I was uh, sharing with you that, you know, until now, every other day I dream that, you know, I'm playing table tennis, you know, in, uh, in, it's, it's just so ingrained inside me till date. Right. Um, you know, if I have to give an analogy to somebody, I give a table tennis analogy, you know, right. it's just so much ingrained. So I think a big challenge has been to make the shift, you know, the acceptance uh, and just being so candid here on the show, right? The acceptance of who you were and who you are today with very simple things like accepting your body, mm. you know, accepting that you know, you're not, you should not eat the same way uh, that you're supposed to, you, you can't, you can't train the way that you used to, even that one hour of uh, fitness that you do, uh, the acceptance of, uh, you know, uh, not being physically active, say eight, nine hours a day that you used to, and now putting that energy and all that you've learned into your new field that you've chosen post-retirement. So I think I'm on that path. Uh, it's but it's been 
a bit of a challenge um you know to to slowly dwell into the new neha um mm-hmm. that i am now mm-hmm. um so any tips on you know how do i smoothly um uh, you know move and gravitate to the, to the new um to the new me which i i think i'm i'm doing fine but i i'm still struggling um you know with things like i mentioned ki i'm dreaming of playing table tennis still now and with the same people <laughs> <laughs> that you used to play so let's also accept okay before we go ahead it is in some way uh, a kind of a love affair is kind of a breakup mm. you know like you still love the person but you can't go back you loved how you felt no though, though that relationship was not as easy it was really difficult to sustain but at the same time it was worth every bit of it it gave you the highs that otherwise you cannot so i didn't think about it like that but i'm just thinking out loud and what if we apply five stages of grief a very very powerful model to understand it so kubler ross was a psychiatrist in the us and she was dealing with people dealing with grieving people who experience loss and she brought these five stages and the first stage is denial she said that at some level we don't want to accept that this person that we loved or for you the athlete in you that used to be that neha is no more there and the the mind starts working no no she's still there and when you're not looking when you're not actively engaged in your dreams or in your imagination that neha brings in the game again so somewhere the denial exists that am i still the athlete or am i this new person if in your mind the new person that you will become that new neha that you'll become if she does not have a purpose if she doesn't have something to contribute something to make the country or the world proud of then it is going to be extremely difficult because you have trained your mind to function in that ultra focus for other people it might not be applicable but for you specifically because you have trained yourself for so many years and also in your formative years where before people understand things you were playing and you're winning so for your mind that is so well trained accepting new neha as ordinary is not acceptable oh my god you you just said what i feel <laughs> so we need to bring in that neha new neha as extraordinary in whichever way and for that i meant you go to experiment with things instead of settling in instead of saying that okay these are the only possibilities what if you restart and you say okay if neha was born today and if she wanted to make a difference in ways that the world has never seen what would she do and when you design that neha aspect by aspect for example okay this is a theory i use with leaders but leaders when they you know somebody who is like doing very good as a, as a store manager they're hands on they're managing the store managing people and they get used to it for 10 years 12 years they are they grow in that space and now suddenly they are taken in the management role and now they don't have a team that they report, they take care of they don't have operations to look at there are like 500 stores under them and now they're like wait a minute how do i now do my my game because it's right. not available now the new avatar has to have new aspects which means they have to learn how to build strategic thinking how how do they look at things in a different manner and as overall goal how do they get 500 teams excited if they they understand this role play by it great if they don't then they lost the game in your case that new neha does not have any goal to achieve and as i mentioned you are an end result oriented person you can't function in feel good you can't function as one day things will happen you got to for yourself sit with people you work with ask them exactly what you expect me to do if you could win your internet if you could play internationally at olympics and ha- hold the rank of being a third student in the college that shows that any task that is given to you you put yourself to it and achieve it the problem in your new avatar is there is nothing to achieve that is well defined so we don't have to change the reality the new reality we just have to tweak it to bring in the competitive aspects to it 
Mm. Okay. So that word end result oriented, just keep that in mind and ask yourself, do I know what I am required to do? Ask questions to people like, what exactly am I supposed to deliver here? What exactly do you want me to do or what exactly we are trying to achieve? Is where you can use your intuition, your mental, physical capacities to, to out-create. The second stage of that, that journey is anger. So after denial, people get into anger. They're like, but why is it happening? It shouldn't have happened. And why couldn't I have a few more years to do this? And why I couldn't have had oh. a, a leader in front of me who already used my technique. So I would have received what to do instead of like, you know, struggling to figure this out. Oh, I've, I've felt that multiple times. I'm like, did I make the right decision quitting at 25 peak of my fitness, being a, maybe a more matured player? I could have just stuck on to another four, five more years. Right. You know, I could have done that. Oh, and then I see, you know, uh, I see the current generation and, uh, you know, uh, the players in my time still playing and still winning and achieving. I'm like, damn, like, did I quit too early? And and then I go back and question that decision, which at that time was the best decision. And, and I, I still think, but that it creates that confusion and then it brings that anger and I'm, I don't know what to do with it. But that anger has to be channelized and dealt with. So if any moment you find the anger, that whole idea of can you change something right now about it? Because no matter what you say, after seven years of having made the decision, going back and changing that is not possible. And even if you may think it is not a great decision, one, the decision is made. So it's not in your hand to change it. And second, what you experienced in the last seven years, you never know how would that play out. That struggle yep. of redesigning yourself, probably you would help other players internationally to reestablish themselves post-retirement. You know, that struggle that you experienced at the peak at 25, people generally experience say at 32 or 35. But in your case, you said, no, no, let me just take it up. Now going back to Mugdha's example, because it's so fresh in my mind, she retired at 21 because she wanted to start counseling. And today she's like, I used to swim. And now I work with so many people and so many different sports that I never imagined I would ever do it. So that journey, so if, because she had, she found purpose in what I'm referring to, if you find the next Neha Avtar with a purpose to achieve, to create that international wave again, Neha, nobody can stop your hand. But right now you are kind of settling in, in whatever people are telling you to do or settling in the area where you have accepted that now I will never experience that glory. That's not true. Because I believe being an Olympian is an attitude. It's not only a position of playing, winning, losing, and off it. It's an attitude. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and there are so many ways in which people can learn how to build that attitude. If you decode it for other people, if you bring in them to that intensity, if you find a way in which they can at least once in their life live that intensity that by itself will become an inspiration. Can you do that through writing? Probably. Can you do that through talking? Probably. Can you do that through other players you can coach and, and groom, which you're already doing? But probably. So you can find ways in which, but it is not that you, because you cannot be old Neha, it's because a new Neha has a new objective to achieve. If you don't tune into that, if you don't look forward, you'll always look backward. It's like in swimming, I, I used to always say that you can't stay afloat. You can either move forward or you sink. Hmm. You can't stay afloat in a determined manner. You may like float away, but to be in control, you have to either move forward or you will start sinking. Right now, you have to redesign the new Neha that you will be proud of after five years, 10 years, at least five years. And uh, I was reading this book, Atomic Habits, and James Clear, who's an author, says that every time I work out, uh, in my mind, I am becoming an athlete. Every time I write one paragraph, in my mind, I am becoming the author that I will be tomorrow. So I get to experience the slice of who I want to become in the future as the next avatar right now when I take action. 
because you don't have that next avatar in your mind that you're building and not as a goal and not as a, uh, you know, what you'll achieve, but moreover, who would you become? And when you keep becoming that every day, you won't be as, as I would say, angry about it. And this stage, whatever I'm talking about right now is a third stage called bargaining in that model where you sit down and you bargain with life. You say, okay, this I wanted to do, I could have done, I could have stayed back. Okay, I haven't. Now what do I do? Okay, now what is available to me? Can I, how do I bring that same intensity again? And after having done all of this, when you feel, okay, now I have bargained it. Now am I ready? Suddenly you realize there is this loss that the thing I love the most has left. No matter what I do, I can't experience it. And that brings in the sense of depression or the deep sense of loss. Now, if you, all of us go through these stages before we accept the reality. The point is, it is a part of the process. Sometimes when you're going through it, you feel this is unending pit. I will feel like this forever. No, you will feel like this until you do not process your emotions and find a way to accept the new reality. When you make your new reality more interesting in, than it mm. is currently, then you yeah. won't feel remorse. Then you won't feel like, it's like, you know how people, when they get into the next relationship, which is really beautiful, then they think about the they old relationship. The they feel sad about it. And so that was yeah. beautiful. But you know, now that I have a child in my marriage, that is suddenly different. And my child's smile is worth everything. Or my husband's intellectual connection with me is, is beyond words. But if you do not have that, then you only stay longing. Mm. Yeah, no, very well said. Uh, and, and you also spoke about that forward looking, uh, you know, approach. So only if you've accepted and the new uh, version is, if not equal, if not that much, but equally exciting and thrilling and that purpose, then you will not regret or you would not feel anger of that past. You would always be looking forward to and, um, and uh, that journey is every day, Neha. Like your training, that physical training that you went through, for mentally to be that agile, it's everyday journey. So if you do not take two minutes a day to tap into that next avatar, that new Neha, then it won't happen on its own. Then you will do it for like, say, one month and then you will just again think about the old Neha because that was glorious. So right now, if that glory was somewhere up here, right now we are here and we have to build the glory. So until we don't build it, you don't feel new Neha is better than the old one or different than the old one. But that reminder, that, that cultivation of the mind more than body is now the next goal. So every day sitting down and connecting to the new avatar is what you've got to build as a discipline. Because in your case, if you're not doing things every day, if you're not in that end result game, then you feel as if something is missing. That's, that yeah. has been your journey throughout. So. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Coach the Coach segment. It's important that every leader hone the coaching skills needed to be able to create a team where every single person feels empowered. Now, I know it's a difficult task. You may say, but Aditi, how about people not being interested? What if they do not want to learn and grow? Now, as a coach, your job is to find how the person that you're speaking with gets inspired, gets excited for that idea, for that next thought, for the next achievement. If you have a team of people or a person in your team who is not able to see the vision, not able to see things, then instead of telling them, find a way to create an experience where they get the point. You may sit here and talk about the best possible gelato that you have ever eaten. And the person in front of you might look at it and might try and understand, but they do not have any reference to get it. But what if you create an experience for them? What if you take them to the gelato store that you think is great and allow them to explore it, learn by seeing the experience of the other person, of how the process is done, what exactly they require to do, and also having the pleasure, the, the engagement with the possible future. 
now let me tell you what i'm saying i am actually thinking about this quote by michael jackson where he says the greatest education in the world is watching the masters at work this one is a powerful one not because michael jackson the king of pop said it but most importantly it's about understanding that inspiring people requires those masters if you're not a master and if you can't create that experience for your team then you don't have to but find a genuine master that they can learn from it could be a subject matter expert who has spent years understanding the topic or someone who has simply mastered it for their own professional sake when you create a situation where your team members the person who is in question meets the master they learn at a subliminal level at a conscious level mental level logical level so there are so many things that happen by simply seeing a master at play why do you have to reinvent the wheel just go and find a master that you can really observe closely let's get back to our conversation with neha and see what are the takeaways she has for us so while you are making this transition if i have to ask you what did you what did you remind yourself over and over again did you have any any mantras any quotes any any concept to go back to yeah i think the one thing i swear by is that um, you know i i had a very very bad patch for for three years uh, you know after being at the peak i for three years i didn't do well and uh, you know i i i lost everything that i had Mm-hmm. uh but i made a comeback and okay. uh, to me uh, and i made a successful comeback mm-hmm. and uh, although it took everything out of me but that experience has given me so much strength mm-hmm. um that um, now post retirement you know any challenge that comes my way i just remind myself of of that that time right ki if i did it at that time when i was 2021 you know i was mm-hmm. so young so fragile now i'm much more stronger matured much more experienced uh, you know if if there's any barrier in front of me i can definitely overcome it so um every time i go back to that experience i remind myself you did it that time uh, at that time and you definitely have the power to overcome this wow. as well wow. so um i i i just swear by this and uh, i think i will um you know in even in, in coming uh, years i think i i will keep that as my most precious uh, you know uh, achievement i mean i i i tell everyone that uh, for me actually going to the olympics if you ask me what was the most uh, the proudest moment uh, yes going to the olympics was but that the comeback that i made uh, mm-hmm. you know everybody wrote me off uh, and and i was still back i think that's what uh, i'm so proud of and uh, it will always uh, be there uh, <laughs> you know wow. close to my heart so yeah uh, as a you know if people have to follow your work and the work that you do with olympic gold crust you know all of that where where can they find and where can they follow you yeah uh, so uh, i mean on my social media profiles of course uh, uh i'm fairly active on whatever i do so uh instagram twitter linkedin and uh, yeah we are uh, we are not for profit organization where uh, we actually now support the training of some of india's top olympic athletes preparing for the olympic and paralympic games and uh, every day it's very humbling to you know now provide for uh, to athletes uh, the training and uh, everything around that that uh, i did not have it in in right. you know in my career and just to ensure that the mistakes that uh, i made in my career are not repeated for the next generation um uh, and and that that sort of gives me the satisfaction because i truly believe that as a country we have a lot of talent uh, we 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 are very hard working uh, uh, you know people the only thing is that uh, the resources and the right planning i think if that can be put together uh, in my mind uh, you know sooner we would be a very very strong sporting uh, superpower so just every day you know our our organization couple of bunch of people we try to fix that and uh, you know uh, just hope 
for India to win many more medals at the Olympics and Paralympics. And we do require to have people like you who would constantly create the environment for the people to find their next objective, next goal and next training support to, to be where they would like to be. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for being Thank on you. this. Thank you, Aditi. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me one more time on India's first graphology-based podcast show called Absolutely Right. Before I say bye to you, I have to share something interesting that happened last week. I am invited to coach all 31 participants of Feminamus India in order to help them be mentally and emotionally fit. Now that is a game changer because next Miss India will actually know how to use the mental tools that we teach in the mental gym to be mentally fit, emotionally strong. So if you haven't heard about them, if you would like to learn more about it, then do check out our website. It's called aptmentalgym.com. I'll see you next Wednesday with one more episode of the Absolutely Right podcast. Till then, happy writing.